Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 231 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what's going on in our own lives. Carly, I was away last week. I missed you. How have you been? We missed you, too. I loved following along on your adventures. Uh, I'm excited to talk a little bit about a cruise line that I personally haven't gone on, MSC. So yes, I would love to hear how that was. Well, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I I was playing hooky last week. Uh, I was absent, uh, unexcused, I guess. Uh, uh, well, first, uh, just before I left for my trip, I got to uh, head to Universal and uh, represent Attractions Magazine for the media evening at the Mardi Gras Parade. So uh, be sure to check out our YouTube channel uh, for some great video and of the uh, Mardi Gras parade this year. Uh, thanks to Universal for inviting us for that. But then as soon as that was over, uh, I hopped on the MSC Seashore uh, four nights out of Port Canaveral. And, uh, you know, MSC, uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Royal um or norwegian or especially disney cruise line msc is relatively new to the american market but they've been around in europe for a long time and they are actually like this giant global shipping container uh pretty much anything that you have in your house on amazon there's you know or uh, anything that came from china there's a pretty good chance it might have come here on an msc ship you see their logo on on trucks and, and containers all over the world um so the the cruise line's kind of a sideline to them that they've been getting into in the last few years uh, and been really aggressive with pricing in the Orlando market. Uh, like I said, they offer these uh, four-day trips, uh, short trips out of Port Canaveral uh, that are great little getaways. Um, the thing with MSC is that uh, a standard, um, you know, standard class room is going to run you about half of what a similar room is going to cost you on Disney. Um, wow. And for the, if you want to pay about the same money, amount of money that you pay for, uh, for Disney, uh, you can get their yacht club, which is like super VIP service. You get your own Butler who will literally Ooh. walk you on and off the ship. We, <laughs> we had at one point when we were getting off the ship and there was a, a lineup of people waiting for security and to get their cruise cards, uh, you know, scanned as you have to every time you get on and off. And our Butler was like literally walking us past this long <laughs> queue of people. Someone shouted at us, someone shouted at us, what do they have fast pass? So <laughs> If you want a cruise where you feel like you have fast pass to everything, um, Yacht Club uh, is about double of what their regular per night is, and it is worth every penny uh, just just for skipping security lines. Um, you know, always having a seat at every show, um, a private restaurant, private wow. pool. Uh, it's it's really uh, it it it's a like a private yacht kind of experience on a mainstream cruise line. And uh, so I'm, I'm thank you to MSC for hosting me and look for uh, some some information, uh, some articles uh, coming soon to Attractions Magazine 
cruisesyouknow.com. Uh, oh, I'm excited that. to read about it. Yeah, it's, I, it's one of the cruises I know next to little about, yeah. you know, so. I, I would say that if you are, uh, it's maybe not the best if you've got kids or if you're the person, kind of person who wants like the Category 6 water park or the Disney uh, shows. You're not going to get the IP. You're not going to get that that level of uh, theme parkness. Um but if you're a grown-up who wants to eat and drink and sit by the pool and just unwind, it is uh, pretty ideal, especially for the price point. Uh, it sounds relaxing too. So, yeah, 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 it is. It is uh, especially you know they've got a private island uh, that is just pristine. It's a nature preserve, and it, it has none of the uh, like stuff that you find on Royals or Disney's. Uh, beaches uh, their private islands in the best way like if you want someplace you can truly unplug uh that's that's the way to go and i heard cheap so i feel like that's a, a really it is, good it is really price. really aggressively priced like you can you can uh you can get cruises if you don't mind being in the basic if you if you have patience uh for crowds um and you're willing to get up and fight uh, other people for uh for uh, a deck chair then you can get a cruise for like a hundred bucks a night all in. Wow. Get a hotel room and and a uh, food at a restaurant on shore for a hundred bucks a night. So um, yeah, they have really aggressive pricing both at the lower end. And then, um, like I said, their yacht club, uh, you're paying like what you would pay for an interior room at, on a Disney ship, uh, but you're getting like a balcony and, and a butler and, you know, everything so it's so fun. if you've never looked into msc it is worth investigating um all right uh well um <laughs> we have uh lots of stuff to talk about yes. this week so uh i think without any further ado we're just gonna jump right into the news in the queue <laughs> All right. I made a mistake. I forgot to eat breakfast before we did this. And Same. this <laughs> episode is going to make me hungry. Uh, we have some foodie guides to a couple upcoming uh, Disney food festivals. And it is going to be hard to get through uh, these stories without my stomach rumbling. We are starting <laughs> off first with a foodie guide to... <clears throat> Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival 2024, uh, which is returning real soon, February 28th through May 27th. Um, and earlier than a, ever. Earlier than ever, but also ending earlier than mm -hmm. ever. Um, you know, they were trying to push uh, Flower and Garden further and further into the summer. And uh, maybe there was some backlash. Uh, we, we don't have a start date yet for the uh, the food festival that takes place in the in the fall or late summer, depending uh, on how they want to push it. We might actually have a month or two of Epcot light this year. It's possible. <gasps> how like, dare they? <laughs> like maybe they've decided that the that the like peak summer months is not the greatest time and in Orlando to be walking around with alcohol and yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe we should yeah. back off a little. I mean, I definitely have a bit of festival fatigue. 
Oh yeah. No, I, you know, so I agree 100%, but I am not yet fatigued uh, about the lineup of food they've got uh, this year coming at the flower and garden festival. Um, like we said, uh, the arts festival just wrapped up this past weekend and you have uh, February 28th, the first day to try samples from nearly 20 outdoor kitchens with over 60 new items. Um, and I got to say, yes. Arts Festival, I didn't feel like there was a ton of new stuff this year at the Arts Festival. It was a lot of same lot, stuff. A lot of repeats and a lot of things that we saw during the Christmas Festival that were just very mildly tweaked and kind of held over. But uh, this year, we've got uh, a lot of new stuff and also some uh, returning favorites, um, including yes, the return really yep. good plant-based stuff that's new uh that, jumping out to me yeah was the uh, jamaican beef patty that's made with impossible meat yes so good so uh i one of the things i love about the flower and garden festival is that it gives lots of uh, vegetarian and vegan options uh so even if you aren't full-time plant-based you can try some things out and uh consider adding them to your diet and I definitely like that there are a bunch of plant-based options and also some interesting new impossible options, um, both here and uh, over at the West Coast that we're going to talk about in just a minute. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not, I am a meat eater, but I love this as an opportunity to try things that maybe at a restaurant, I probably wouldn't order a sure. full entree of it. So it's, I think it's really fun. And again, like this menu this year, I haven't really been hyped for a food festival menu. Again, it's a lot of the same stuff. There is a lot of really good returning and also a lot of mm -hmm. new stuff that I'm actually really looking forward to this. So if you head on over to attractionsmagazine.com, you can find complete menus uh, with beautiful photographs. Uh, but I am just going to uh, scroll through and throw out a few highlights that jumped out to me. Uh, I always love the Honey Bistro yes. uh, by the National Honey Board. And this yes. year they said goodbye a... to the flatbread that's been there a few years. So no more, no more flatbread for now. But they have a new honey glazed cauliflower with honey roasted carrot puree, mm -hmm. and I love me some fried cauliflower. Um, They've also got a whole bunch of new stuff over at Florida Fresh, including Lobster a tail. yeah, a warm water lost. You know, it's interesting. We usually always uh, hear about the Canadian or uh, Maine lobster tails, the mm -hmm. North Atlantic lobster tails, uh, the Caribbean spiny lobster tails, the warm water lobster tails. Uh, totally, totally different creature. So uh, a lot of people uh, maybe are not as familiar. Get to try that with some key lime butter. Um, or they have a Cubanito, uh, which is, I guess, a baby Cuban sandwich uh, with mojo marinated pork belly, ham, Swiss, and, of course, pickles. Yes. This is a booth. I think I'm going to get actually everything. <laughs> the strawberry shortcake that's plant-based. That's a returning one, I believe. Uh, the yes. The watermelon slushy returning. Really good if you want gin in it. If you don't, it's this is going to be a solid booth. I hope we have seen uh, them do a lobster tail on a stick at a previous mm -hmm. festival and I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it yeah. was well. So fingers crossed. That uh, plant-based Florida strawberry shortcake is part of the Garden Graze food stroll. Uh, that's the one where you get five stamps and then you get a free treat. Uh, and uh, that that will definitely be on my list to pick one of those yes. up. Um, 
they've got a new strawberry basil sorbet and a waffle cone over at Swirled Showcase, along with a vanilla soft serve with cantaloupe liqueur. Yum. Interesting. I guess that would be like a Midori. Uh, is Midori cantaloupe or is that honeydew? I'm never. I think that's sure. melon, right? Midori. Yeah, it's just melon. Okay. Yeah. Generic melon. <laughs> <laughs> um. And they've uh, they've got some new Florida Groves uh, sparkling blackberry wine and uh, Beyond Reason Micro Pale Ale over at Northern Bloom. That's near Canada. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, La Isla Fresca has got that new plant-based impossible mm. Jamaican beef patty. And that is served with a spicy papaya syrup. I'm, uh, I'm curious so to try good. that yes. one. Um, so lots of great new tastes all around uh, World Showcase to snack on. Um, another impossible option is uh, the Farmhouse Meatball is making a return. Um, a lot of great choices. Um, Brunch Cot, of course, is coming back <laughs> with uh, that yes. plant-based avocado toast. You know what? Um, you know, it's so simple, but it's really good. <laughs> I yeah. always get that. And I'm I'm also a big fan of the uh, grilled street corn that they have over at uh, Epcot Farmer's Feast with the plant-based cojita. Uh, I, I love those. And I got to I got to say, um, it, you know, Disney's got uh, it looks like a whole ear of corn. And I bet that costs less than the uh, tiny little wedge of corn that uh, SeaWorld was serving for their street corn at the Seven Seas Food Festival. And it was like $10. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> craziness. Um, so the uh, the event uh, also has some uh, menus that are more seasonal and are running for shorter periods of time. Um, for, for instance, you're going to find an early bloom menu over at Epcot's Farmer's Feast that runs only from February 28th through March 30th. And then another springtime menu will come in from the 31st through April 27th. Uh, and finally, one more menu uh, bringing up the rear through May 27th to celebrate the summer solstice. So that gives you uh, more opportunities to go back. Uh, you can hit up the veal tenderloin the first time around, get seared scallops later in the season, and close it out with a seared pork tenderloin. Sign those, me up. I those, all, like they, that. those all sound really great. Yeah. They had like a burrata salad the last two years mm -hmm. and it was one of my favorite things. So I love trying this. Um, now here, here's uh, good news, bad news. Um, the Primavera kitchen over by Italy has a whole bunch of new things, <laughs> which means you will be tempted to give them yet another chance to disappoint you. <laughs> yes. And uh... I'm sorry. I like if, 30 years of, of Italy food booths that oh. have never lived up to Italy's got that country's got such good food. Why can we never uh, get that? Booth I know. Food? And it's like, it should be food that's easy to make in bulk too. And it's also I, always the most expensive booth. Always, like that fried yeah. mozzarella they just had for uh festival of the arts was like mm -hmm. 10 bucks for a tiny little circle of cheese. So 
Well, I'll be saving my money uh, for the uh, Hanami over in Japan. That rarely disappoints me. Um, I'm not uh, the biggest fan of Furushi, to be honest. I don't um, like Furushi. I think it's kind of disgusting, but that's but I love steam buns and they've got a plant-based one this year uh, and they've got a ramen cup that yes. uh, with, with uh, yuzu and dashi broth that looks really yummy. Yes, I have to say I always love the steam buns that Japan does. The chicken teriyaki mm -hmm. was my favorite this past, so it's the last day to get the Wagyu bun, which was one mm -hmm. of the best things I've ever had at an Epcot festival. I am so sad to see it go, but... It won't be long because then the next week we get a steam bun with vegetables. I am yep. hyped for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's uh, even outside of the temporary booths, there are additional flower and garden festival food items all over the funnel cake stand uh, and the land cart, connections, eatery, Joffrey's tea stands. Um, the, you can uh, load up a gift card uh, to wear around your wrist to make it easy to go broke on all of this. Uh, <laughs> and you can head on over to our uh, website and our YouTube channel for uh, overviews of last year's festival and all the details on this year's festival. Yes, uh, I have to call out a comment. Host at home said the most dry ravioli I've ever had. Uh, we'll only be talking about the Italy booth. <laughs> uh, 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 yes, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, before, uh, speaking of the comments, before we have, uh, hop over to our next food festival, uh, Brian Sager uh, wanted to give a shout out to Tokyo Disneyland Resort's yes. first ever foodie and wine festival that is uh, happening April 1st to June 30th. Uh, and of course, uh, you can't forget the Boysenberry Festival happening over in Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, that's March 8th through April 7th. Uh, An excellent festival with really big portions and very well-priced. Yes, ex excellent. And I'm I'm a little sad. Uh, I am going to be in Disneyland really soon. Um, and I'm going to be in Universal Hollywood. And, I think and you're I'm missing gonna, it by a few days. I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going to take a day to go to, to uh, Magic Mountain this time. I've never been to Six Flags in uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain. So I'm I'm gonna try it, uh, and instead of uh, making a visit to Knotts this time, so wish me luck. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, as I was said, I'm gonna be over in California, and I am super excited that my last day in Disneyland Resort is gonna be the first day of the 2024 Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival, which runs March 1st through april 22nd and boy they've got a ton of new items this is a lot smaller you know in terms of footprint than epcot's festival but they've got 80 new items uh and some of them look really really good but i have questions about a few of them now one <laughs> the first question is going to be right up front uh they've they are hyping uh, impossible meats and not yes. just impossible burgers or meatballs, but they've got impossible chicken parm. Uh, they've got uh, a Baja fish sandwich. They've got all sorts of impossible things, but they are not specifying that these are plant-based dishes. Um, they've got an impossible chicken parm bites uh, as one of their headliners with tomato and cheese sauce with grated parmesan and nowhere does it say it's vegan cheese sauce or vegan parmesan 
So I'm really curious if that's going to be an option uh, or if uh, this is just sort of like a backdoor way of making people who are definitely not vegan um, introduce them to uh, to these impossible meats. Yeah, it kind of feels more like an advertisement for Impossible. Yeah, than yeah. Necessarily catering to dietary restrictions. Exactly. But again, I mean, I love this. I don't have any restrictions. I love trying new things. And when in my life would I order an Impossible chicken parm? Except right. accessible like this where there's little risk. In <laughs> exactly, exactly. Low, low barrier to entry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I cannot even read off all the things that are new at this festival because it, when you start going down this list, uh, which you can find at attractionsmagazine.com under our ultimate foodie guide uh, to the 2024 DCA food and wine, um, you will just see the word new over and over and over again. Um, yes. You know, right off the bat, California craft brews is an all new menu uh, starting with cheeseburger bows s'mores caramel tarts uh frozen mangonada beer slushies uh they've got uh, a whole long list of local craft brews uh and you can get them in uh various beer flights um whether you like ipas uh you like west coast um you got uh plenty of options uh and that yeah. is just in one location yeah that one has a lot of stuff i want to try i also have to say the i love i'm not like a huge coffee person but i'm open to try different specialty coffees mm -hmm. i usually don't at epcot because i feel like they're all super super sweet sweet mm -hmm. at, on the west coast at disneyland especially at this festival they do a lot of really unique coffee concoctions with mm. joffreys but they're never at least in my experience overwhelmingly not, not as overwhelming i tried every single one for a story including the blueberry pancake which returned mm. this year and it was oh, yeah. just like lightly sweet and very mm. flavorful so i don't know i wish we can get some of that on the east side you know because right significantly sweet coffee but i love trying these and they're non-alcoholic for the most part so it's mm -hmm. fun if you want to go on kind of like a little drink crawl that's not alcohol that's if you are if you are being California sober or your <laughs> your dry January has extended. Oh, curious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that is great advice. Um, a, a couple of the others that really jumped out to me over at Delish, they've got a new olive oil cake. Yes, uh, and Ooh. I know that's going to be one of my wife's favorites. Uh, glazed with lemon curd vanilla bean chantilly and fresh candied lemons uh that sounds amazing yes it looks even in the um, promo photo looks beautiful um i'm excited to try that one and as i mentioned uh earth eats uh they've got their new impossible chicken parm bites and a new impossible beef stroganoff uh egg noodles with impossible Ooh. beef um but like i said they they talk about a mushroom cream sauce sour cream um, they're not specifying that those are uh, plant-based sour cream. So I am going to have to check that out myself um, to see uh, what, what the story is with that. Uh, I'll let you know on March 1st. Yes, I'm very excited uh, for this festival. Yeah, um, a whole long list. And uh, as uh, you, know, you mentioned, there are some great... Um, non-alcoholic drinks over at golden dreams they've got that blueberry pancake cold brew that you loved mm. um it's oh, made with uh mexican origin origin coffee 
maple syrup, brown butter, uh, and oat milk. Mm. Um, so I don't know, I just the brown butter and the oat milk cancel each other out. Uh, but yes. I think I will, I will be, uh, while you're having that, I will be uh, having an, uh, um, uh, one of the new frozen old fashions. Oh, um, that so is a non-alcoholic bourbon flavored ice cream with Better's Crema, orange zest glaze, and cherry spears. And I want to see if someone can make a non-alcoholic old fashioned uh, that uh, doesn't make me forget <laughs> it's non-alcoholic. So. Yes, it's we'll very interesting to menu out. this year. Every description is like three sentences. There's so many ingredients. <laughs> like, it's very like, California. It's like when the waiter comes to your table and has to tell you like where where the fish was uh, raised and who caught it. Uh, yes, every like, I'm looking at garlic kiss. It's like it's not just potatoes. It's roasted garlic, gruyere, smashed potatoes. Like it's it's a very wordy menu, but this is one of my favorite festivals. I will say in recent years, their operations have gotten better. I feel like that's mm -hmm. always where Disneyland food festivals have struggled. Mm -hmm. I had a really good experience last year at this. And I think this might be like their most well done food festival as ter in terms of ops. So mm -hmm. hopefully they stay on track. Well, uh, the experience that I've had um, is that one, uh, take a look at the menus ahead of time and decide if it's in your best interest to buy one of the sampler cards. Uh, yeah. If uh, the stuff that you want to eat and drink is on there, those sampler cards can be a really great bargain. Uh, but beware because uh, alcohol is not included in those samplers. Uh, so don't don't buy one expecting to use it on that. And then uh, it's it might be a smart idea to order everything that you want uh, at one booth because um, uh, it works different from Epcot. You can order at one booth and pick up at a lot of different booths. Uh, there's yes. kind of a two-stage process there where the ordering is one line and the pickup so is a totally separate line. In theory, I like this. <laughs> in theory. The issue is, say I want you know two things, but I want the second thing in like three hours. In three hours, I could go to get that second thing and the and line is like, really long or sold out or yes yeah it, so it complicates things it's yeah. it, uh, people are confused so I, I don't love that i do do it but i will just do like the few items that i'm doing right at that moment and then fingers crossed the line doesn't escalate yeah so here's a hack if uh if all else fails, you want a taste of the uh, the food and wine festival, but the lines for the booths are just, you can't handle them. Uh, there are a lot of locations throughout the park that are standard food locations, not the booths, that offer mobile ordering, that have special items just for the food and wine festival. So you can use your mobile ordering, do pick up that way, still get uh, the food and wine experience right. without standing a long line for a booth. Uh, Hollywood Lounge is a great a place. They've, so they've got a ton mm -hmm. different cocktails, a lot of new things. Uh, they got a new whiskey mule uh, with ginger beer and mint. Uh, I always like those. Um, you can mobile order from them. Uh, if you can squeeze your way into Lamplight Lounge, <laughs> they've got a, they got a surf and turf going. I'm surprised there's nothing listed here for the Magic Key Terrace. Maybe that'll yeah, come out later. Paradise Garden Grill and the Beer Gardens area is always a great choice. Uh, they do mobile ordering with a, a bunch of uh, pretty hearty uh, portions of uh, stuff that's exclusive to the festival. Uh, they got a new burrito, um, a uh, roasted chicken, and 
uh, plant-based loaded baked potato this time. So a lot of good options that don't involve waiting in line at one of the booths. If uh, Yes. And one of my overwhelmed. favorite uh, quick services at DCA is Smoke mm-hmm. Jumpers Grill. They do you a know, really good job. I need to give Smoke Jumpers another <laughs> chance. Back in the day, it was just kind of meh. And no, they've, they've, they've really updated it. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to give them a... Well, they've got some pastrami fries. Crinkle-cut yes. fries topped with cheese sauce, pastrami and their uh their own grill sauce uh that looks like a heart attack on a plate i might have to give that a chance <laughs> you could share it <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um and uh if you're a churro fan they've got specialty churros popping up all over the parks in hollywoodland near goofy sky school uh over in pixar pier and uh at willie's churros where exactly is willie's churros at i, I gotta that's right across from the starbucks Thank you very much. It's the white See? and blue part. Yeah, that always has a line because they uh, right in the hub. Okay, the best yeah. one there. Yeah. Well, they this year they've got a new butterscotch banana churro yeah, there, be- rolled in banana sugar topped with butterscotch icing, butterscotch drops, and banana chip crumble. Yeah, there's going to be a line for that for always. Sure. I don't know why they do it. I think maybe it has kind of like the best room to congregate if there's a line you know like if you go get churros you know Cinema's, goofy sky school those locations are kind of in heavily populated areas at least with mm-hmm. willie there's a bit of space to form a line but they always put the best one there mm. um if you want to uh remember the uh festival um when you drink afterwards uh you can yes. buy stainless steel stemless fluted jade glasses uh at the hollywood lounge uh mendocino terrace sonoma sonoma terrace and at all festival marketplaces uh two per person uh don't go all stanley cup on them and and try to ebay them or anything um and uh, what I, one thing that I really am very jealous about, uh, be fair to Florida, we don't have seminars and mixology classes at Epcot anymore like we used oh. to. Uh, um, you know, I guess we can blame the pandemic, but that's over. Uh, they've brought them back here in California on the on April 19th. There's going to be a walk on the Silverado Trail uh, wine seminar at the Hearthstone Lounge in the Grand Californian Hotel. And, oh, I'm so jealous of this one. March 11th, 25th, and April 8th and 22nd, mixology classes at Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Lounge. These are uh, very hard to get into. I've never done one. Oh, my god! Always have. But as you can imagine, it's super limited and very high demand. You get to learn how to make a cocktail. You get to drink a cocktail. You get uh, past hors d'oeuvres, and you get to take home a tiki mug oh i would i would jump on that in a heartbeat uh if i could for sure absolutely um, and if you are cheap and don't want to purchase a park ticket because they're expensive you amen amen if you want to save your money for the food um downtown disney district is getting into the spirit uh march 1st through april at a lot of locations uh throughout special uh dishes available um ballast point black tap jazz kitchen naples restaurante salt and straw and splitsville are all uh have special offerings uh new dishes just for the festival so a lot uh, going on i will say um 
I will be here a couple days after opening and I will probably stick to trying to do as many booths as possible. I'm going to have to fit in everything I can on March 1st. Uh, I, I check out of my hotel in Anaheim on the morning of the 1st. We'll stow my bags, come into the park, eat myself silly, and then head off to uh, Hollywood. Uh, but if you uh, want to get hyped, head on over to Disneyland.Disney.Go.com slash events dash tours slash Disney dash California Adventure slash food and wine festival yeah or Ooh. better yet uh go to mei and mouse fan travel and they will help you plan your trip and i knew this was going to happen we are a half hour into our show and we have only gotten through the first two topics so but those were kind of the big ones they the are big just, ones yeah oh yeah the rest rest, rest are little we got nothing to say about this next one at all no i have some things to say about this next one disneyland after dark Star Wars Night, returning to Disneyland Park on more nights than ever in April and May. And they have done something that we have been begging for forever. They've come up with a new system for selling the tickets. Uh, thank thank the maker. Thank the maker. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in case you don't know, this is one of the Disneyland After Dark events, a special hard ticket event not included in annual passes or regular admission uh, held after regular park hours. And this is happening April 16th, 18th, 23rd, 25th, and 30th. And then May 2nd, 7th, and 9th, but not May the 4th. I know. Very interesting about that. Um, well, the thing you probably need to know most of all is, uh, how to get into this event. Uh, if you're, if you've heard about it, you're interested, you probably already know whether you're interested or not. Um, but the, the issue has always been, can you even get a ticket? Every time Disney puts out, uh, limited release tickets, um, opens up annual passes or opens up things for a hard ticket event, their website gets slammed. People end up spending hours and hours working, looking at a progress bar that never moves. You waste a whole day of work. It's, uh, a, it's, it's a whole it's, day. I've wasted many days. It's miserable. <laughs> so uh, they have finally joined the 20th century, not even the 21st, and come up with a notify me option. So uh, when you uh, log in uh, to try to purchase tickets for these when they're available, um, if you're not the first person in line, uh, which you won't be, you will get an option to be notified. Uh, put in your email address. Uh, you'll get an email notifying you that you are on the list. And then when it's your turn, you'll get an email. Hopefully, it will not go to your spam. Hopefully, you will see you, it when it comes you, to your You lost inbox. me here. I yeah. have been scorned, and there's no yeah. right or wrong with the system. <laughs> I have many times been waiting on the computer for hours. I'll mm -hmm. open my phone. It'll instantly go in. There's no way on God's green earth I am having them notify me. Mm. I am staying in that queue, You don't trust it. You don't trust it. you will it. pull me out. I'm not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> So yeah, um, this is this is definitely an option. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's going to be mandatory, um, but it will basically send you an email. And once that email is sent, you will have a ten minute window to log back in and keep your place in the queue. Um, I mean, I think text messages would probably be more reliable than emails. I know every time I'm waiting for an important email and I'm, I never seem to get that notification. Uh, but um, 
you know, this is it's 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 got to be uh, it's got to be better than just sitting there like nervously staring at your computer screen for seven, eight hours and then not getting in. Um, I, so, sure. I will not be trying for this because I'm not a big enough Star Wars fan, but may the force be with May you. the force be with you. you. And if you are uh, uh, fortunate enough to get in on one of these events, and since there's more of them than ever, maybe it will be easier to uh, get in. You will get to enjoy a galaxy of themed entertainment, food, and experiences, including a galactic dance party with a master DJ on Main Street USA. Fine. A cavalcade of Disney costumed characters that you can join in with if you are wearing your own costume. Uh, these after-hour events are about the only times where adults are allowed to wear costumes. So if you spent all that money on Jedi robes and have not been able to wear them, uh, this <laughs> is your change. chance. Just be sure to check the costume guidelines, especially for anything involving weapons. Uh, there's going to be a, uh, if you're a member of the resistance, there's going to be a show of unity at the millennium Falcon <laughs> in galaxy's edge. And if you've got your own lightsaber, uh, show up at the, it's a small world mall. And there's going to be an instructional lesson on uh, lightsaber swinging. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's quite up to the level of the old, uh, Jedi training Academy, uh, but it should make for a good photo op. Absolutely. Uh, Captain Phasma will be out with her stormtroopers marching around Tomorrowland, and there'll be lots of other photo opportunities. Hopefully, some rare characters will appear, uh, and along with over 20 new food items uh, available exclusively around the park just for Star Wars Night. So, this is where it lost me. None of these items are, are in any way Star themed. Wars food. No, like, not in the least. They don't even have a name. Like you, you can make a you know chocolate slap. funnel cake, but just call it Darth Vader's just chocolate. Slap, slap exactly. Slap Mustafar on there or something. <laughs> like you know, I I I feel like um, in the pre-Galaxy's Edge days, we had a lot of really cheesy Star Wars themed food at the Disney parks, and they were like, oh, they're not going to, they're going to be much more sophisticated when Galaxy's and the Galaxy's Edge opened. And yeah, I mean, it, it was much more, uh, I guess, in universe, uh, but maybe not so much fun. Now I feel like they're almost not even trying, you know, at, at right. least like at least give me a cookie shaped like Yoda on top of it or something like at least put a little effort in. Right. Absolutely. And I, I haven't looked at the Cafe Orleans menus yet, but I am going yeah. to Disney Channel night. And oh, they okay. have really cool themed, like there's okay. a cosmic brownie, if you remember those from like our TV dinners oh, in the 90s. Yeah. So they really like, they went all out with all right. really cool theming that fits. So I'm a little disappointed because I want to eat a snack that's... Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully enough people will be able to get into Cafe Orleans to enjoy those specialty menu yes. items. Uh, reservations are going to be recommended and uh, they say they can be booked online soon. Um, if you want to join in with the Star Wars night excitement, February 20th, uh, which is uh, the day after we are filming this right now, is the day uh, starting no earlier than 9 a.m. Pacific time when Inspire Magic Key holders are going to be able to have a uh, select amount of pre-sale tickets available over at Disneyland.com. Uh, February 21st and 22nd, all the other Magic Key holders can jump into the pre-sale. 
And then on February 23rd, 9 a.m. Pacific, that's when it opens up to the general public. And, uh, you know, this uh, these tickets include the party that starts at 9 p.m., but you also get a three-hour mix-in before the party, as, long, uh, as well with a souvenir credential and park map, as well as uh, PhotoPass digital photos for the night. Yes. And that was another thing I learned about this. So the event is quite short for mm. all that there is to do. And if you do the Cafe Orleans, it's a multi-course meal, but oh, the wow. earliest time is eight. So I couldn't even get it until 11. So I am sacrificing a bit of my party time. Wow. So that, yeah. So, so just keep that in mind. Uh, you're going to want to try to get the Orleans in eight o'clock would be ideal. So a night. So if the uh, the party officially starts at nine o'clock, and then uh, is this ends at midnight? One. At one. Okay. I believe it's one. Yeah. At one. But that is still, um, you know, for the price uh, you are paying. Uh, these these tickets run almost as much as a daytime park ticket, and uh, sometimes can be even more. So. Uh, Head on over to Disneyland.disney.go.com for more information about Disneyland After Dark, Star Wars Night, and the other Disneyland After Dark. <laughs> and yes, uh, may the Force Before. be with you. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we will will not hear uh, millions of voices cry out in terror and then be suddenly silenced. Yes, we will. I mean, we can always guarantee. <laughs> Uh, next up, here's something that you can do right now from home, uh, without spending that much money or, uh, having to wait in a long line, you can experience universal studios, uh, on your computer or your console through the magic of Minecraft. And I got to tell you, this is the reason why I'm not looking or feeling my best today. I made the mistake of uh downloading this dlc uh it's only 8.99 i've never purchased anything from minecraft before in my That's life cheap. yeah first time but holy crud i have already gotten more than nine dollars worth of entertainment value i was up till 2 a.m riding the back to the future ride recreation in here they have done a phenomenal job of building a a uh, blocky digital recreation, not not a, uh, a literal recreation, but it's sort of a fantasy version blending Universal Studios, Florida and Hollywood, kind of an idealized dream park with like the best of current rides and extinct rides. Um, and uh, what really sucked me in is if you have an Oculus uh, or a sorry, a Meta Quest headset. Uh, and you have a computer that can run VR, uh, you can run this in VR and ride Back to the Future or the Studio Tour or Revenge of the Mummy in virtual reality. And it is the best theme park VR experience I think I've ever had. Um, I, I Like I said, I was up till two in the morning uh, playing with this and it is just fantastic. Um, I heard a, like one of my friends text me. It was like, my son's at Louie's Pizza. He got a slice. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You can literally, you can walk up to gift shops and you can get uh, hats and t-shirts and food. Um, if you don't know what Minecraft is, uh, you have been living under a pixelated block for the last uh 
decade or so. It's one of the most popular game platforms in the world, and you can find it on everything from uh, PC to Xbox and PlayStation. Um, you need uh, what they call the Bedrock version of this. Um, it doesn't work with the Java version. Um, you have to go into the marketplace, and uh, the right at the top of the marketplace, they're highlighting it. Uh, just authorize your credit card for $8.99 and download uh, this, uh, and it basically creates this Universal Studios theme park um, that is uh, kind of more layouts probably closer to Hollywood because it's got the two levels and it's got a studio mm -hmm. tour, but it's also got a lot of recreations of uh, Universal Florida attractions. Uh, our producer Jeff DePauli went through and screenshotted, did an amazing job of like yeah. taking real world photographs and like finding just the right angle to recreate them. Um, it's a great article. Uh, look it up on attractionsmagazine.com. Really shows you how, even though it's not photorealistic, it's you know, Minecraft looks like you know, very blocky, something out of an 80s uh, Atari game or you mm -hmm. know, whatever. But uh, the lighting is actually surprisingly good. Um, there's you know, water effects and and uh, flame effects. Um, and it's you know, it's very cartoonish, but uh, it's actually almost better that way especially in virtual reality because you don't get that uncanny valley thing as if it was trying to be photorealistic right um you can really kind of immerse yourself in the fun of riding these rides um they've got skull island they've got et um my favorite so far has been back to the future because they don't just recreate the ride itself but they recreate the entire pre-show experience uh, except instead of watching Doc Brown on a tiny monitor, you are in his office. You know, he's there walking around talking to you, um, you know, and they even recreate the video monitor uh, that was in the ride vehicle uh, with cartoons, uh, these little pixelated 8-bit <laughs> cartoons. Um, the only thing that's a little disappointing is they didn't use the source audio from the actual attractions. Instead, they have new voice actors uh, revoicing all of the attractions. But the scripts are extremely faithful down to the pacing and the timing. Um, I don't know if it was a, a rights issue that they couldn't just yeah. use Chris Lloyd's voice. Um, but you can go through the whole studio tour and the whole studio tour is narrated uh, with a very funny uh, tour guide. Um, I've, I just put a couple hours into it and I've just scratched the surface. Um, I am very excited to go and ride Jaws, uh, later today. Oh, that uh, is so cool. And I, I guess if you have the, the bug, you're missing universal, yeah. can't get there. This kind of cures it. You don't need uh, virtual reality. You can use it on pretty much any platform, you know, Nintendo switch or, or whatever. Um, but if you have uh, an Oculus headset, uh, you go into the Oculus store, or sorry, the Meta store, and uh, they, there's a free, um, it's a little tricky to find, uh, you may have to search for it because it, it's, it's pretty old, but there's a free patch that enables um, virtual reality in, uh, in Minecraft, and uh, I recommend... Uh, De uh, purchasing a virtual desktop. That's the best way to connect it uh, to your headset without using wires. So uh, I, will, I will say 
Um, it is, if you don't have your VR legs, it is pretty intense. I would do it sitting down, uh, <laughs> especially for the attractions, because it does, it, it really, the Revenge of the Mummy, you go through the whole roller coaster. And <laughs> you better, yeah, if you don't, if you don't have good, uh, good motion balance uh make sure you are sitting down <laughs> with a, a chair you can hold on to the arm i'm gonna get sick on this yeah <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun and i tell you uh looking at the wait times today at uh universal for president's weekend i would much rather stay home and experience virtually right now than <laughs> to be in the park today oh yes all right well uh if you are interested uh in learning more about this uh head on over to minecraft.net and uh, in the marketplace, like I said, available for just about any kind of device that you have. Um, we are uh, going from the virtual to the physical. Uh, Legoland New York is putting in a new transportation system that is going to debut this year, 2024. It is the minifigure Skyflyer, and this is a solution to a problem the park had when it opened, that it is basically built on the side of a very steep hill, and people uh, had a lot of trouble walking from the bottom to the top. So now... Oh, yes. Uh, it is you quite can... the hike. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now, uh, instead of... Uh, Instead of walking all the way up, there is going to be a sky car. It looks pretty similar to the sky flyer that they have at Disney World. But this is going to be uh, a little more entertaining. It's going to have an immersive party in the sky experience, uh, complete with Lego brick disco balls and disco themed dance floors this, in the cabin. Yes. So if you stay at the Legoland Hotel, that is like my favorite part about it is the, the elevator. elevators are not just yeah. elevators. They are, they are disco parties and disco they're recreating party. this is what it looks like. Now I, 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 we have to explain to kids that like, you can't dance too hard when we're swinging in one of these things. Oh Lord. <laughs> don't want to go out the, out the window. Uh, but <laughs> there is going to be seven, one of seven themes, uh, including pirates, space and disco cars. And each of them is going to have a fully interactive experience with fun in-flight features. Uh, this this sounds great. I love it when you know we have something like the Hogwarts Express or the, uh, the People Mover that takes something that would just be a, a boring transportation experience and makes it into entertainment. Yeah, this looks really fun. I love Legoland New York. It's a great park. Last year they became a certified autism center. It is really perfectly located, like not too far from Manhattan. If you mm -hmm. are coming into New York City, you can totally add on a day. Highly recommend because they have some unique rides, including the Lego Factory ride, which is one of my favorite trackless. Oh, trackless dark ride. Yes. So good. I, I definitely need to check that out. I've got family up there and uh, need to need to take some of the kids up there before they outgrow it um hey i went if, myself and i had the ball so <laughs> if you uh if you want a sneak peek of this uh right now um legoland's neighbor bel air ski mountain in high mountain new york has converted two of its gondola pods uh into uh replicas little samples of what the minifigure skyflyer designs are going to resemble uh, and if you happen to catch a lift in one of them, you're going to get an exclusive QR code letting you access a kids go free 
ticket offer with the purchase of an adult ticket for when Legoland New York opens up uh, this summer. Um, last summer, they opened up a Lego City water playground. And this year, the season is going to kick off on March 27th. So head on over to Legoland.com slash New York for all the information. All right. Coming up next, a uh, little further away than New York, Mr. Chad, <laughs> we're heading to Warner Brothers Movie World in Australia, where after I feel like uh, half a century of people proposing Wizard of Oz themed uh, theme parks, uh, the one is finally coming uh, to Australia. A Wizard of the Wizard of Oz precinct uh, in Warner Brothers Movie World, and we've got all of the wicked details. Oh yes, I still have yet to Un, make it to the Land unintended. of Oz, which I really want to go to. But this is yeah, much much more detailed than yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. So that that uh, the Land of Oz in the uh, the Midwest, right? Uh, no, it's, it's in Beach Mountain in North Carolina. North Carolina, okay. Uh, so that is uh, opened up just uh, a few days or a day or so every yeah, so it's year. Like open up a couple weekends every yeah. September. If you ever, if you are a theme park nerd and want to do just like a deep dive, go down the rabbit hole. It was a full park. It was mm -hmm. plagued with issues. Look it up. It is really cool. But and I think I think that's kind of a labor of love that uh, some volunteers help yes, keep yes. alive. This is officially uh, authorized uh, from Warner Brothers, uh, who I guess have the rights to the classic Wizard of Oz film from the 1930s. And this new district precinct land, whatever you want to call I love it, they call it a precinct. It's yeah. a precinct. Uh, it is the world's first uh, dedicated Wizard of Oz precinct. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I guess Wizard of Oz, based on the film, uh, there was a Wicked Land, uh, Mini Land in Japan, Universal Studios mm -hmm. in Osaka. But this is the first one based on, I guess, the uh, the uh, Judy Garland film, which will allow guests to literally follow the iconic Yellow Brick Road into a multi-million dollar uh, area, which is going to feature immersive thematic elements, projection mapping, sculptures, and facades um so there are two new rides coming to this area uh one is the flight of the wicked witch this is a suspended family coaster the track is almost 1500 feet long and it's going to have a top height of 62 feet and a maximum speed of 42 miles an hour so uh not a kiddie coaster um not <laughs> not you know a super e-ticket but this is going to be a, a great a uh, coaster that is, the whole family can experience together. Um, definitely, uh, you know, looks like maybe a super-powered version of Pteranodon Flyers uh, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, or uh, sort of similar to the new uh, suspended family coaster that is coming to Busch Gardens in Yes, Tampa. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it looks a little yep. like that. Uh, but what really takes the theming of this over the top is it looks like it winds uh, in and out of the Wicked Witch's castle. So uh, cool. It looks like there's maybe some, um, some projection or video screen windows uh, so you can look out and see the flying monkeys. Um, that looks like it probably is the load station. Um, the other coaster is actually two coasters. Uh, it is the Kansas Twister, 
family boomerang coaster. This has two tracks. Uh, one is 738 feet long. The other is 722 feet long. Uh, they race against each other. And this one uh, hits an even taller height of 72 miles an hour. Uh, but the max speed is a little lower at 36 miles an hour. Uh, both of them are going to have very uh, re relatively low height and age restrictions. So the whole family will be able to enjoy them together. Yeah, I'm not like a huge boomerang fan. I think I've like just gotten too old for it where they hurt me now. But I think I would do this because this is like a boomerang light. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because this is, uh, you know, the theme park industry, we're obsessed with calling every everything has to be a first, right? So Ever. we've got some some strange firsts here, and, and we can decide whether is this something or is this nothing. Uh, okay, <laughs> the, the Flight of the Wicked Witch will be the world's first Wizard of Oz-themed multi-type coaster. <laughs> Are, Sorry. Do we know exactly what a multi-type coaster i'm not i i'm not sure exactly what a i think it's like a steel coaster a suspended coaster yeah. well <laughs> it, it, they are also claiming the southern hemisphere's first multi-type coaster so um maybe multi-type means that it is both a coaster and a dark ride um that it uh, i'm not sure exactly what multi-type is supposed to mean so if you know out there what multi-type means let us yeah, know. please let me know <laughs> and then the kansas twister is the world's first wizard of oz themed steel coaster well uh, if the other coaster isn't made out of steel is it made out of tissue paper um, i'm not <laughs> all right and it's, it's also the southern... slippers. <laughs> okay here's one it is the southern hemisphere's first racing roller coaster that sounds like something the That's, first yeah okay i'll accept the that first... so there are there are no currently no racing coasters anywhere in the entire southern hemisphere south america australia that's, that's pretty surprising but i'm sure they uh, fact checked that one i'm i'm ab because no one in the theme park industry ever misstates any facts in a press release ever no <laughs> never happened not once so movie world fans in australia are going to get to step into oz like no fan has done before according to the uh, senior vice president of warner brothers themed entertainment uh and uh they say they are over the rainbow uh to open this up in 2024 uh, i have never been to australia and will uh, gladly Same. uh accept a press trip there if they would <laughs> like to know our opinions I'm ready to twist. Absolutely. Uh, this is one that I know you are definitely going to get invited to because uh, you wrote up this preview article. And I know you are excited for the kickoff of Dollywood's 39th season uh, coming up really soon on March 8th. And you wrote uh, this fantastic piece for us teasing all of the amazing things that are happening in dollywood this coming year uh hop hop on over to attractionsmagazine.com to read all of the details but uh they've got a 500 million dollar expansion going on over the next decade uh a lot of unprecedented change for dollywood you got to hear all about it so please 
tell us uh, what should we be excited about at Dollywood coming up this year? Yes. Uh, last week, I got to uh, strap on my work boots that I only uh. wear on these construction boots. <laughs> They're always very muddy, you know, yeah. and if you see so many people in just inappropriate footwear, I have my boots, I break them out. It's, I love Dollywood. It's very exciting time. Like you mentioned the expansion, you know, they now have two on-site hotels, a third one's in the works. They're doing a lot. It's kind of making the move from a regional park to a national destination. Mm. And they recognize that there's a lot of people coming in from all over the world now. And they're trying to make every piece of the park like world-class. So a lot of what they're doing is kind of improving the guest experience. I'll just go over some highlights because mm-hmm. we did. It was like a three-hour tour. Um, new entrance uh, three-hour tour. Yeah, three-hour tour. Um, the big one is Lightning Rod. So that mm-hmm. is one of my favorite coasters in the world. That will be reopening. So if you're familiar with it, it opened in 2016, and it's been kind of plagued with issues because of the initial launch. Right. So they shut it down. They said it was a really you know hard choice, but they had to. I was shocked by this number. It was operating around 60% of the time. Yikes. So that's, that's not Yikes. Good. You know, and yes. I, I see in your um, in your article, they're they're hopeful that uh, this will get them um, a, a, operations increased over 90 percent. They yes. think they can get a million riders through this through the season using this new high speed chain lift. And by high speed, it's uh, 13 miles an hour. So it's not going to feel like right. a launch anymore. But the rest of the ride, they think will have a, a similar experience. Yep, exactly. So you're not going to have that launch out of the station, which I'm a little bummed because that was really a fun way to start this. But the rest of it is going to be exactly the same. And this was they said it was much needed. Obviously, 60 percent is not good. And a lot of people were coming to Dollywood just to ride this because it is one of the best roller coasters. You know, I'm I'm so curious why they felt that eliminating the launch entirely instead of having a different because there are plenty of launches all over the world there's you know lsms on coasters and every park that seem to operate relatively reliably it seems interesting to me that instead of using a different launch system they just scrap the launch entirely yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, it is Rocky Mountain Coaster that's doing mm-hmm. the refurb who also designed this. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they were like... Who is yeah, not a company yeah. that is... Uh, so they they designed the original coaster and they're doing the new version. And I don't think that they're really known for building launch coasters, right? Right. Uh, I think this was the best bag. way to make this quickly happen. So yeah. it's not going to reopen with the season when it opens March 8th, but okay. it is going to open shortly after they're predicting like mid-March. Okay. Okay. And yeah. they're also, uh, you mentioned they're teasing uh, that they might have uh, gone shopping for a new 2026 roller coaster last year. Yes. They uh, mentioned their trip to IAPA last mm-hmm. year, last fall. And they said that they were there specifically to purchase a new coaster. That was all they said, but very excited about that. You know, they opened Big Bear Mountain last year. So again, they're just kind of getting ahead of this transition as they become this you know destination Mm -hmm. well lightning rod is what the coaster fans are excited about but uh the dolly fans are excited about the dolly parton experience and i know they've had uh, a a kind of dolly parton museum prior to this Mm -hmm. Uh, so what is new what makes uh this new dolly parton experience special 
yeah, so basically Chasing Rainbows Museum was the little Dolly Parton Museum, but it had been the same since the early 2000s. Okay. And now that whole area, there's like that building, the building across, which was a gift shop. And the other building is becoming this multi-space Dolly Parton experience mm. exhibit. Um, a lot of projection mapping. Uh, we were in one room and they kind of compared it to the Van Gogh experience. Oh, the wow. Exhibit. So this is just okay. like state of the art telling the story of Dolly's life. And it's more like an attraction and they're going to continue mm. to update. You know, it's going to be like a living, breathing exhibit as opposed to like the stagnant thing that was there previously. There's a whole building dedicated. I love it behind the scenes uh, all about the artists costume. that make her look like an icon. Uh, so they're going to have wardrobe uh, rotating in and out the entire property upgraded their uh, cases, which they preserve artifacts. And now it's museum quality cases that are environmentally excellent. controlled. So this is going to be really amazing state of the art, high tech, and it's not going to open until I think the end of May is what they're shooting for right now. So that's definitely okay. the highlight. If you are coming to Dollywood this year, this is going to be really cool. Okay. So plan for May. And uh, they've also got some new shows coming. A live entertainment and music is, uh, you know, one of Dollywood's uh, real strengths. And uh, I, I see that they've got a bunch of new shows coming. Yes, a bunch of new shows. They're putting a million dollars into the existing venues there. Nice. You know, entertainment's a huge part of the Dollywood experience. They also will be operating for the longest season ever this year, which I think is really crucial to manage that influx of all the new guests that they are receiving. So this means a longer operating calendar and also the days will be longer. Yeah. I, I like that they, uh, you know, they op don't open till 10, so you don't have to rope drop at 7 AM or mm -hmm. anything, but they're staying open till 8 PM. So that'll give you a chance to enjoy the, you know, summer sunsets. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And again, it's like, it's becoming more of less a park that you just drive to for the day and drive home and a destination and mm -hmm. people that are coming for a destination, they might want to stay there all day. They might want to go in the morning, take a lunch break, to go to the yep. pool in the afternoon and they can come back in the evening, which I think is smart. And hopefully also having uh, 23 extra days on their operating calendar um, that will uh, maybe spread the crowds out a little bit more. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 So they've got their dream more resort and spa uh, undergoing a, a big refurbishment, right? Yes. So that opened in 2015. They've kept it up to date throughout mm -hmm. the years, but all the guest rooms by the summer will be, fully redone. It's a lot of um, carpeting, bedding. The bathroom is getting the most major change. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like super modern now. So love that hotel. I love the heart song. Great properties to stay at. And you also get the, you know, Dollywood's version of like the express pass, you know, where you get the time saver, where you get to skip the line, which I love. And then my favorite part is the culinary offerings. Dollywood is delicious. And they always, you know, come out with zingers for both just like the menu mainstays and for the festivals and mm -hmm. the first festival that'll kick off after um, the I Will Always Love You Music Festival. The first food festival is the Flower and Food Festival. So, yes, that is happening always... April 19th through June 9th. Uh, yes, a delicious fest. Um, I will be back March 8th for the opening. Uh, so I'm very well, excited. 
good. Tell you when when you're there, uh, give uh, give my name to your PR rep and tell him <laughs> that I would love to come and and write uh, something about uh, Dollywood for Orlando visitors. Yes. Oh yeah. We absolutely. Can convince some people to uh, take a break from Disney and Universal and check out Dollywood instead. Absolutely. That is why I love covering these other parks because mm -hmm. there's so much out there. You just have to open your mind and be willing to travel somewhere else. Yep. Speaking of traveling somewhere else, uh, would you like to travel to Las Vegas to become a uh, brutal assassin um, or at least uh, just pretend to be one for an evening? Uh, you can do that coming up soon at the John Wick Experience, which is going to be constructed at Area 15 in Las Vegas. If Area 15 sounds familiar, we've been talking about because that is where Universal is building their year-round yes. Halloween Horror Nights experience. So you'll be able to go from uh, fleeing from Jack the Clown and uh, other monsters to uh, becoming an assassin in the world of John Wick. Yes, uh, I, uh, I have no affiliation to this brand, but if it's at Area mm -hmm. 15, I know it's going to be awesome. So, Yeah, so um, these, like, I'm not going to pretend that these movies are Shakespeare, uh, but they are, <laughs> have incredible, uh, almost dance-like fight choreography. Um, they're just, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of dialogue. That's not what you go for. Um, but they do have some great actors in them. Keanu Reeves does, uh, amazing physical acting work. And, uh, you know, this, I guess, will give you a chance to experience what it's like, uh, to enter the, the continental, uh, which is the hotel, uh, kind of sanctuary, uh, featured in the, the film series and uh, strap on a gun, I guess, uh, and go on an interactive journey that they say transcends reality. Uh, not a whole lot of specific details. We know that you will uh, carry out missions within the world of the films. Um, and uh, even if you don't want to join into the action, there is still a themed bar and a retail uh, store that you can access uh, without paying an admission, it looks like. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of word salad right now. So <laughs> I will be excited when we actually know what it is. <laughs> well, I, you know, I imagine that it might be somewhere halfway between uh, their Lionsgate has previously done a Hunger Games exhibition. Mm. Uh, and that was kind of an interactive museum. You'd walk through with exhibits of props and costumes. And then uh, you would uh, have a um, archery uh, uh, shooting gallery. What What is a... What what do archers call it where you shoot at targets? There's a special word for it that I'm not remembering. Uh, but you would go in and, you know, pretend to be Katniss and, and shoot at targets. Um, that uh, and the Saw escape room and the Blair Witch escape room that they have, which is mm -hmm. a series of puzzles in immersive environments with live actors that kind of uh, recreate scenes from those movies. So I can sort of see a cross between a shooting gallery and uh, an escape room in the world of John Wick. Um, not far from where this location is now, uh, used to be a warehouse where there was a, a zombie experience that I did with airsoft guns yeah. years ago. Um, they be basically built an entire town with, with stores and houses 
and buildings all built under inside a giant warehouse and you would go in and it would be at night and there were zombies swarming all over the place and you would have airsoft guns to shoot at the zombies with um so i can imagine uh airsoft or uh laser tag guns or something similar uh being done with a john wick theme uh i i would I would definitely sign up to do that yeah. for sure. Now that sounds as long as the, as long as no one hurts the dog. If, <laughs> exactly. if the dog gets hurt, then I'm checking out. Save the dog at all costs. Say, yes, exactly. So um, this will open sometime in 2024. They have not announced a specific opening date. They have not announced pricing. They have not announced bupkis. But if you go to johnwickexperience.com, you can sign up to get updates. Uh, and I know I want to know as soon as this gets an opening yes. date. I love Vegas for stuff like this. So, so fun. Uh, yes, for sure. This is kind of, uh, you know, we went through a phase where Vegas wanted to have theme parks and uh, then they backtracked from all that and, and those experiences went away. And now we're kind of getting that adult theme park thing coming back um with things like meow wolf and halloween Horror nights and this and and i am all for it oh, uh, and anything to do other than play slot machines when i'm in vegas yeah exactly i don't gamble no. <laughs> anymore but yes we need like an mgm grand adventure again oh don't, i don't get me started i am so glad time. so glad i got to see that park at in its peak um in its prime all right, our last bit of news in the queue. Our uh, our publisher Matt Roseboom just went on a lovely week long cruise aboard the Sky Princess, and had to rub it in our faces by sending us back incredible photographs of the new Disney Look at K at Lighthouse Point. That's a mouthful. What is the private island resort opening this summer 2024 as the second private port of call for Disney Cruise Line? Uh, we've had concept art of this, but this is the first time someone from our team has got to see it with their own eyes and their own camera. Uh, so you can take a look at attractionsmagazine.com at the construction going on at the new Lookout K. Yes, uh, I am excited for this. Uh, the easiest way to remember it, because it is a mouthful and nomenclature is very big <laughs> with Disney, Lighthouse Point is the existing area of the island, mm -hmm. and Disney Lookout K is like saying Disney Castaway K. So, right. uh, so Disney so if, Lookout K is the private section for Disney Cruise Line guests. And I, and I always have to force myself to say key, even though it's spelled K. Yes. Um, I say both. Castaway key, yeah. Castaway K. They, they, they'll take your money either way. As long as as long as you're paying to be on the boat, they don't care what you call it. Yes. Uh, so as I mentioned, we've got concept art that we've shown you before up on our website. Uh, and we can now kind of line up some of the foundations and the footers, the uh, shapes of the archways starting to take shape that is eventually going to become uh, the shaded waiting area for trams uh, where guests arrive. And then the uh, Gumbe Cultural Center, uh, which is going to be at the heart of Mabrika Cove, as well as Serenity Bay and the private cabanas, which are going to be a major colorful feature. Uh, they've already got their bright green, blue, and yet red and yellow roofs visible uh, from the shoreline. Yeah, this is definitely a totally different vibe than Castaway. Uh, mm -hmm. Castaway, I feel like I'm on just like 
I washed up on an abandoned island mm -hmm. somewhere. This is definitely tapping into, even still in the Bahamas, tapping into the Bohemian look with the colors, the structures. Yeah. This this looks almost more like a resort village mm -hmm. um, as opposed to like a, you know, castaway island. Um, and I... Okay, so there we have uh, some explanation of, uh, as you mentioned, uh, how to separate uh, the lookout from the lighthouse um, uh, so that you don't uh, sound silly uh, when you call it uh, a lighthouse K at lookout point or something like that. Um, but oh, the no, key thing now, <laughs> now are all mixed up. Yes. But the key thing to remember is that all of this is not a private island the way the Castaway Key is. Um, this is actually a uh, an island called Eutheria. And the very southern tip of this island has a place called Bannerman Town. Uh, and just outside of Bannerman Town, uh, kind of on the outskirts, is a spot that has long been known as Lighthouse Point. Uh, Disney did not name it that. Uh, right. So Disney has just kind of bought a strip of beach on uh, the edge of this island, but it's not quite like, uh, you know, being in this tiny little speck in the middle of the ocean. You are definitely uh, just kind of a, a resort on a beach uh, as part of a larger island. Uh, but it still looks like there's going to be a lot of fun things to do or not do if you just want to relax. Um, we've. I want to see Mickey and Minnie in their exclusive outfits. Yes, yes. Uh, they are going to be all dressed up in Bahamian costumes. Uh, and we've had uh, lots of coverage of the amenities that you're going to have uh, when this opens up. Uh, starting with a three-night preview cruise that's going to uh, set sail on June 6th, 2024 from Fort Lauderdale. Uh, but they, those folks are only going to get limited access. So they're going to be paying a premium to not get to do everything. <laughs> Might be better off uh, waiting for that seven-night cruise departing on the Fantasy on June 8th from Port Canaveral. Uh, that is going to be the first official full cruise uh, stopping twice at Lookout K. Yeah, that uh, sounds gotta You got to love those double dip cruises. That, that, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, truthfully, quite. I feel like and you're a cruiser like me. We've been to so many of the islands so many times. I don't even want to leave the boat unless it's their <laughs> private island because the boats are so great now. I, I really, I, I really honestly feel that way on this last trip. Um, uh, that I was on at MSC, they stopped at their private island, Ocean Key, uh, uh, for an overnight, which is very rare. Usually, you visit Ooh. an island and you're you're gone. Right. This they stayed, so you could stay off the boat until midnight. They did a, a light show on the beach, um, had bonfires on the beach, and then you get up seven o'clock the next morning and go right back out on the beach for a second day. Um, That's amazing. I don't know if Disney does that, but I will say I'm going to make one exception. Um, there's, uh, I rarely get off in Nassau. I've been to Nassau so many times that I decide I, you know, I just kind of stopped this last trip. They've rebuilt the port in Nassau since the last time I was there, the, the port has been completely rebuilt, cleaned up much nicer. Do not get harassed by folks. Uh, hey, I didn't have that, that experience this last time. So, um, and, oh, you did not. Yeah, it was the worst. I had to get off because there, there was a makeup store. I needed to pick up something. Oh, okay. Uh, my sister and I were like, oh, it was it was bad. I couldn't wait to get back on. 
So. Well, I, I, so I'm, I'm going to say I, I met up with some uh, colleagues from the uh, Nassau Ministry of Tourism when I was there this last trip, and they kind of showed me around to some off the beaten path things, getting away from the makeup and the jewelry stores and the straw market that's right there. Uh, we went to a cultural center, uh, uh, this woman's home that she's turned into a museum for Junkanoo and a workshop. That's Learned cool. how to how they make the Junkanoo. All those Junkanoo costumes are made out of paper. They're all layered and layers oh. of tissue paper that are made by hand. Absolutely incredible. Um, we got to go to the uh, Greycliff Hotel, which is this ins uh, insane uh, hotel restaurant chocolate factory cigar factory winery with the world's third largest wine cellar i've never seen anything like wow. that wine co collection in my life um and found a, a fish fry on the beach with uh got fresh conch uh pulled straight out of the shell um so yeah i'm i'm not a huge fan of the very commercialized you know senior frogs kind of area right around the nassau port yeah. but they're they're there is another Nassau that, uh, you know, I felt safe visiting. I, I felt uh, it was a little off the beaten path, but it was still totally walkable to the cruise ships. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that I did get off the ship this time for that. So anyway, um, as we said, uh, Disney like Lookout K at Lighthouse Point is right around the corner. And our friends at MAI and Mouse Fan Travel can help you get there. Yes. Okay. Boy, it, we are at almost an hour and a half, and we have not gotten to our main story. And today. it's a big one, too. <laughs> uh, so first of all, thank you for those of you who have still stuck with us this far for this epic and, episode. And we cut stuff out, too, because, you know, the Boysenberry Foodie Guide came out I know. from Boysenberry Farm. I, it's, this is what happens when I miss a week. Uh, <laughs> and last week was very light. <laughs> Well, uh, before we get to our main attraction, it is more uh, is past time to hear a word from our sponsor. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction. Okay, for this week's main attraction, we finally have an opening season for Tiana's Bayou Adventure. It is coming to the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World in summer of 2024. Disneyland's will take a little bit longer, but to help us stand the wait, we have some photos and videos of the amazing animatronic Tiana that will be part of the new ride. Yeah, so, and if you haven't been following closely, the reason this is kind of a big deal is because the ride was originally announced for later this year, so it actually is bumping up to officially summer 2024. <laughs> We don't know what that means, but that's kind of why this, you know, made waves because we didn't think it was coming till fall, maybe even early winter. Correct. Uh, you know, they've always sort of said late in the year. And uh, while they never announced an official opening date, uh, it does seem like they are ahead of the previous schedule, at least in Walt Disney World. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's great news and even better news. Um, you know, a lot of people... 
uh, were cynical when they announced that Splash Mountain was going to go away because Splash Mountain, uh, especially the one in Disneyland, uh, has one of the highest counts of animatronic uh, characters of any attraction and on you know any Disney park. Uh, those Disneyland figures. Uh, have been around since the early 70s when they were built for the America Sings uh, mm -hmm. show that used to be in the Carousel Theater. And um, uh, Tony Baxter kind of uh, recycled them into Song of the South characters uh, when they turned them into Splash Mountain. That was They're like the last of the big scale, old school animatronic cast of characters. And... A lot of people assumed that they're going to throw all these out. They're going to put one or two cheap animatronics and everything else is going to be screens or we're going to get the kind of frozen ever after figures with the projected faces. Very and, face. Yeah. <laughs> and this shows us that, yes, we are getting the brand new top of the line uh, figures that not only move, you know, fluidly, um, but also have fully detailed physical faces uh, like the Anna and Elsa that they put into Hong Kong which are so yeah. good. So I was just about to say, you saw them in mm -hmm. person. And are they really they, as awesome as they're ab promised? Ab absolutely flawless um, because, uh, you know, they... Now, I can't tell here if uh, any of her eye is digital. And some of the characters in uh, Frozen Ever After, some of them still have projected eyes, um, but they're not their entire face. It was like when they went to the fully right. projected face and mouths, I think it was an interesting experiment uh, that didn't hold up well over the test of time. And uh, at least the, the Anna and Elsa in Hong Kong um, they're sculpted faces, but it's it's a soft sculpt. Whatever uh, material that they're using for the skin has a flex and a bend to it so that when they talk, you know, they get little dimples. Uh, they get, you know, that little bend around the lip that makes it not just look like a, a mannequin flapping its Right, yeah. It looks like just more down. fluid the really, overall. The, the, yes, the fluidity, the lip sync, the the life in the eyes and the expressions, um, really just a cut above anything else that we've seen. And I'm so excited to see that same kind of uh, technology, that same artistry going into Tiana. Uh, they They posted a very, very tiny clip that you can find on Disney's social media. Uh, and uh, gives you an idea of how fluid, how how, how lifelike, um, you know, really, uh, it's it's going to look great on. And she's also uh, we get a glimpse of her new outfit. Uh, this is yeah, her she's in her, uh, adventure. her adventure gear. Yes, because she's out uh, in the bayou um, hunting for ingredients. Uh, so you know you don't want to wear some princessy dress when you're. You're out in the swamp, right? Oh, I'm ready for some good bounding with that outfit. Not yeah. me, only, but the people watch others bounding. And then, so the they're in the news, they announced dozens. There'll be dozens, dozens. of animatronics. Yes. So. so that we, so that a minimum of dozens would be 24. They have to have at least 24 to qualify as dozens, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we know that some of the characters will include uh, Louis, Madame Odie, Prince Naveen. Tiana's mother, Udora, which you can actually see uh, her in the background uh, mm -hmm. in, in like the deep focus uh, in the video that they released. Uh, you can see her figure way in the background behind Tiana. I'm working on it. Uh, Charlotte, 
and Prince Ralphie, um, along with a ton of critters. Uh, they have been New leaning friends, in, yeah. le leaning into the critters who are going to play um, kind of uh, handmade musical instruments to accompany your adventure. Um, and I, I think that constantly talking about the critters is how they're going to justify keeping the land around the ride called Critter Country uh, when this opens up in Disneyland. Absolutely. Um, but there's uh, there's tons of uh, stuff coming to Frontierland, at least in Walt Disney World. Um, Country Bear Musical Jamboree closed down. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and that is going to get a new show. Tons of rumors about uh, maybe dining or other uh, facade refreshes tied into the New Orleans area, maybe coming around uh, Tiana's attraction in Walt Disney World. And uh, if you can't wait until summer, very soon you're going to be able to meet Tiana in this Bayou Adventure outfit at 1900 Park Fair. That's the character breakfast at Grand Floridian that has been closed for way too long. And it's finally coming back in April. Yes, uh, that was, you know, there was a lot of news this week. I mean, big, big we didn't news. We talk yeah. about that because there was just so much. Yeah. This has been closed for years. People have been revolting. It's getting a refresher, new characters, and all that jazz. Yes. I know some people are uh, maybe a little disappointed that some of the classic, uh, it used to be Alice in Wonderland and Mary Poppins mostly, right? Mm -hmm. Mary Poppins. Um, so oh, yeah. Some of, yeah. So some of those those uh, more British characters, I guess, are not coming back uh, in, in uh, favor of some uh, more contemporary uh, faces. But I know yeah. a lot of folks will be lining up to meet Tiana in her new outfit ahead of her debut in the ride. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure about meeting Aladdin, so yeah. <laughs> in that setting. Well, um, if you want more information, uh, we have a whole construction update video available on our YouTube channel and lots more information posted at attractionsmagazine.com. All right. Well, that will just about bring us to the end of the show. But before we wrap it up, let us check in with our friends in the comments. And boy, we did get quite a few comments that we are going to fly through here. Uh, Michael Bingham is very excited about the Food Bingham. and Wine Festival. He is going to be there at California Venture in a few weeks. Maybe we will cross paths. Um, Brian Sager wants to know if we can talk about how Earl of Sandwich in downtown Disneyland is getting two floors, just like the one in Disneyland Paris. Yes, I think we might have mentioned that. Uh, part of the uh, rebuild is going to be the quick service Earl on the ground floor and then an upstairs sit down dining. Um, and uh, speaking of the uh, ticketing system for uh, the Disneyland After Dark events, Brian wants to know if they do this system, please do this for OBB24. Um, yes, OB. I'm sure it's a test. And then that's more of a pain in the butt since it's always in high demand. I can only imagine what Disney Channel and Pride Night will be like on those days, too. Um, 
uh, from Michael again, uh, singing Holiday Road. Uh, he's excited about me visiting Magic Mountain. He says it's a very fun theme park, and it's only a half hour. Yes, I'm going to be visiting Universal Hollywood, so I'm uh, taking a day away from Hollywood to uh, check out Magic Mountain. Yes, you got to uh, go to the new Power Up Cafe when you're at Universal Hollywood. Yes, I'm excited because unlike the Toadstool Cafe downstairs, I might actually be able to get into the Power Ooh. Up Cafe with less than an hour wait. Uh, Brian reminding everyone that we are getting a live action adaptation of Minecraft with Jason Momoa and Jack Black. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> people said that a Super Mario Brothers movie would never work, but uh, there you go. I'm, I'm sure that's possible. Um, and Michael, I was just thinking of this and I forgot to mention it. Yes, absolutely. The universal downloadable content on Minecraft does remind me very much of the old school Universal Studios video game on Nintendo GameCube. GameCube. Uh, I actually still, uh, you can still play that if you have a Nintendo Wii. I still have my copy. Terrible, terrible game, awful gameplay. Um, actually uh, based on Universal Studios Japan. Uh, but very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, but I like the Minecraft one much better. Good, good shout out, Michael. Good memory. Um, Brian was wondering if Carly has any write ups or opinions on the new hotel that recently opened in Dollywood. Uh, TripAdvisor says they are pricey but visually stunning and gorgeous with Smoky Mountain vibes. Yes, they are amazing. I stayed there last fall. I actually did a story on it for Business Insider. That was oh. one of the top stories of the year. It wow. Well, yeah, well check Dolly. on check on Business Insider for Carly's article. Uh, Google that. Um <laughs> uh vince lamb uh vince lamb got we went so long that vince lamb was able to go to class and get back uh, there was a and lot we and we, and then we cut talking. a lot 1900 power yeah. up there was a lot um and speaking of john wick uh we uh, uh if you're a john wick fan uh that ballerina spinoff film is coming soon more character spinoffs and a tv series in the world of the high table not out of the question um Yes, Keanu is quite a sharpshooter. <laughs> um, yes, and uh, Vince, Vince, uh, that's the reason that my wife will not watch the movies because of the dog, for sure. She, you know, bad guys getting shot, eh, but the dog getting hurt, no. Um, Brian is looking into uh, Disney Cruise Line for May 2025, and yes, some of the legacy ships will be heading to uh, the new. Uh, cruise port as well uh he's only done the dream way back in 2011 love the dream time to get back board uh my, he is looking at doing the magic and the magic has always been my personal favorite out of all of the ships um i've never done the wonder but uh yeah if i had one to pick from it would be uh the magic love to see that haunted mansion bar but i am not paying that treasure price can't do that it's a little scary can't do that. Um, <clears throat> So, uh, and one final note from Brian that he read a report uh, that Iger went through uh, Tiana's and said <laughs> it was boring, uh, but it's going to be improved up to the real date. Well, I don't know about that rumor, um, but uh, I'm sure that they are going to be doing whatever it takes to make sure Tiana lives up to uh, expectations because that's uh, that's basically the only, as you point out, the 
only big thing they've got this summer before epic universe comes in and yes i agree 2025 and 2026 we're going to belong to universal at least in the orlando market uh because epic universe is going to take up all the oxygen in town for sure (laughs) yes that's That's a great prediction (laughs) all right well, that was a whole lot of things to talk about, uh, and we thank you so much for sticking with me to the end. Um, before we go, uh, once again, a thank you to our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Thank you to each and every one of you who hit the like and subscribe button and heads on over to give us a rating at Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to us. And uh, finally, be sure to follow us at attractionsmagazine.com. Search for Attractions Magazine on your favorite social media accounts. And Carly, let everyone know where they can find you. Yes, I am on Instagram at Adventures by Carly and on X at Carly Caramana. I'm on all the platforms at S. Kuberski and at the Unofficial Guides. And you can find copies of my 2024 guidebooks at theunofficialguides.com. Until next week, we hope you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. We'll see you all again next time. Bye. Bye.